vendors and non-vendors alike, welcome to Braving the Elements, Nickelodeon's podcast about all things Avatarverse. I'm Janet Varney. And I'm Dante Bosco. And I want to just start in by checking in with you, Varney. How are you? Is your heart feeling strong? Are you nice and hydrated? Uh, <laughs> thank you, my friend. I want to thank you for checking in with me to answer your questions. I am feeling very hydrated because I drank a ton of Good. water in anticipation of watching this episode, knowing I might be depleted afterwards. And yeah. uh, my heart, well, let me just say my heart is feeling very strong and ready for our conversation about Appa's Lost Days because not only do I have you by my side, but we also have one of our all-time favorite guests with us for this iconic Avatar episode. Yes, we do indeed, Varney. We we needed someone very special since we're we're also coming off the very emotional tales of bossing say. And who better than one of Abba's yeah. biggest fans, the one and only Ivana Lynch. Evie, welcome back. Yo, what's up? Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, what a treat. What a pleasure. I'm so honored to be described as one of your favorite guests. Thank you. And thank you for having me on this episode, which I know is so heartbreaking, but I feel like it's such an important episode because it, yes. it's one of those episodes that has real world resonance. So yes. as much as it's painful to watch, I just love it as well. I'm like, wow, they did something really profound here. So honored. It's extra sad. This yeah, episode. for sure. And you're one of the very first people that we said, like, what episode would you want to do for book two? And you were just like, done. Appa's Lost Days. <laughs> like, and we're like, great, yeah. that's it. We're we're putting it in ink. It's in there. It's happening. Um, and you already said kind of why you knew to pick it. I do think of you as being um, a real champion for Appa. I did wear my baby Appa shirt for you. Oh, and, uh, <laughs> so cute. And you are well known in the world at large uh, for being an advocate for animals and tiny life everywhere. Um, do you want to like just remind us a little bit about that before we get into it? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I work with a few organizations about wild animals in entertainment and it's quite a difficult cause to get across to people because people only see the tricks, you know, they, they see Appa in the center of the ring doing a dance or whatever. And they go, those animals mm. look fine. They don't look like they're in pain, but they don't see what it takes to break these animals' spirits. And I really appreciated that about this episode that, you know, it's as painful as it is, it shows, um, you know, one of the trainers literally going, I'm going to break you because that's what they do. Um, so, you know, I understand that people want to be close to wild animals and often they end up participating in these cruel activities because they love animals. And that's why it's difficult to communicate to people, but that's why it's so important because if you actually saw what goes on, what poor little Appa and his real world counterparts, aka, you know, there's a better way to interact with animals respectfully, letting them be wild as, as Aang and all the, all the crew teach us. So yeah, I was very passionate about getting this message out there. And I so just admire the creators for going into it in this episode because uh, yeah. this is almost just an, an easier way to address this very sad topic, really. I love that. I can't believe I'm already, you already made me get misty eyed and we have not even started <laughs> oh. talking about the episode proper. So well said. And it's though. wild that this comes out of, oh, you know, we're watching yeah. this cartoon and this epic tale of like what's going on and the kids are kind of getting closer to saving the world. And then it's all of a sudden it's like, whoa. Whoa, whoa. I don't know where it's like harsh animal realities. And I mean, Oppa looks so horrible at one time in the episode where he just come beaten, battered, and emotionally distraught. And you're like, oh my goodness, out of nowhere, we have an Oppa episode. And it's so 
sad. So sad. I can't imagine how they even kind of said, hey, you know, we should do an episode like this. It blows my mind that it even got done. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad you brought that up, Dante. Why don't you remind everyone, like, where we last saw Appa, just so we know, because it has been a couple of episodes since we even saw his cute little Appa face. Right. So the last time we saw Appa was in the library. They remind us at the beginning of the episode, but which was a while ago, and they keep they've been yeah. talking about how sad we are. We lost Oppa, and and then we're like, oh, he's been gone for a while. Yeah. So we get to go back. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I just don't feel like we've seen this in this show before, where we go back and get this extremely detailed recap of everything that Appa went through, that it's not just like a quick flashback in an episode, like, oh, Appa and Aang are reunited, and you just get like these little flashes, which you could see working, you know, if they had done it that way, you could see sort of Appa memory flashes where maybe it wasn't all totally articulated. The fact that they did, as you were saying, Evie, take the time and care to really put us in Appa's shoes, so to speak, to put us in his paws, and have the experience all like chronologically and in more depth than we would otherwise is so genius. And um, we should shout out Elizabeth Welch and Giancarlo Volpe uh, for writing and directing this episode, as long as we're talking about how brilliant it is. Yeah, Um, it's really amazing as well what they did of how how heartbreaking it is. And there's hardly, you know, so much of the story is told just through visuals but there's not even dialogue there's not arguing but there's it's still some of the most most powerful episodes of tv i've watched and yeah i don't know skills hats off to you creators to the team seriously huge and i mean for shadow report to the end of the episode like even when you think you're gonna get the nice reunion with ang and appa it's like no yeah not yet. You don't. You're like, oh point. no, it, it even ends horrible. You're like, oh God, this episode's so harsh. Yeah. I know. Every time I watch this series of episodes, I'm like, it's a really brave choice that they prolong Appa's journey that you don't know when he's coming back, if he's coming back. I feel like so many kids' shows kind of go, okay, they went through some drama and now here's the happy ending. And it's like, no, life is not like that. Sometimes you don't know. And, and there's just this... Yes, there's the pain of separation and of not knowing what happened to Appa. And I personally, as the viewer, I just felt like they put me through that. Yeah. It was lived as the viewer. It wasn't just like you're actually starting to feel all this fear and worry and all these things that Aang's feeling as it stretches on. And then, of yeah. course, they, as you say, they go and show us Appa's perspective and make it even more painful. <sighs> yeah. Well, we're going to get into it. We know we have a little bright light uh, in that we get to see some Kyoshi warriors again. But That's uh, like the only bright light. I know. Mm. <laughs> and, and a very sweet Fire Nation boy. Right. Yeah. Some good Fire Nation people in this episode. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take us in. So right away we found out exactly how long ago it's been since Oppa's disappeared in the desert for weeks we're back with Toph and Oppa in those horrible moments when the sandbenders have all kinds of ropes lashed around poor Oppa, who's putting up a good fight. And Toph is desperately trying to keep the library from sinking all the way down to the sand and the rest of Team Avatar inside of it. It's, it's, it's why they start like that eighth, which is a horrible moment. And you're just like, I hate that moment for Toph and everyone. But that's where we start the episode. And Toph is desperately trying to keep the library from sinking all the way down to the sand with the rest of Team Avatar inside of it. Now, this was a horrible sequence of events to witness for the first time around, and now we're even getting a closer look at it. 
Now Appa, he's trying to get out and he gains some traction. He's even more airborne for a second, only to get pulled back down by the sandbenders. Side note, unlike Toph, who feels unsteady in the sand, we see the sandbenders are really good at stabilizing themselves in the sand. And we know Toph feels horrible about this decision and she's had to make to try and save Aang, Katara, and Sokka, and Momo from the library just sinking into the sand abyss. And so she has to let Appa get taken away. And we watch Appa seem to grow defeated and accept what's happening. He does look back at him like, it's okay, Toph. Like, I'm accepting that this is how it has to be right now. And then he gets dragged away. Yeah. So not only do we revisit the horror of Appa getting grabbed, right, when it happens, but also that impossible choice that Toph has to make. Yeah. I mean, we should all be so lucky to never have to make decisions like that. Right. You know, it's just so heartbreaking. You know, she's just feels so awful. And then Aang blames her anyway Did at you? the end. Like, remember, we go back and Aang's like, I you know. didn't try to do it. It's like, I tried to say it. It all rushes back. What were you going to say, Evie? Well, did you think for a moment, oh, just let the sand tower go and you can get it afterwards? I wondered, yeah, I was of. like, is that is would they be totally lost if she hadn't held the tower? I think so because she can't get a grip on anything in the sand. Oh yeah, and she, as you say, she's not steady on sand. Yeah, so I think she this the fear is like once there's no hard contact for her to have with the rock mm. with the stone of the library right. itself, there's a sense of like it might as well be the ocean in a way. Uh, yeah, it's sinking fast, and that she doesn't have that grasp. Of and sand. they're taking yeah. forever because Sokka has to go back and get that thing, get the date. Yeah. And they're taking forever. I mean, listen, this is bringing it all back. It's making it all very, very fresh. Well, like this way. I really like in the show how they make it believable. Like you kind of know the skill level of each character. Like, because sometimes you kind of go, oh, surely she can just blast the whole desert away. But it's like, no, even for Toph, this is a huge task. This is like a very difficult thing. I just think with each character, that is that development of their bending, their abilities. It's It's really shown in such a... Oh, well, I was going to say realistic way, but, you know, no one ever, no one has I, yet to bend any elements in the real world. <laughs> I know, but you're so right. That's the, that's the suspension of disbelief is that, like, we are mm-hmm. inside of this world that they've built. And in that way, it's totally realistic. And that's mm-hmm. that's key. You, I think you nailed it perfectly. It's like it's realistic because we've all bought in to this fabulous world that they've made. And had they not done mm-hmm. that we would just sort of like not right. care as much. But because they created those rules and because we see that And she's 12. <laughs> and she's 12. And she's this is her first adventure, like having to deal with a vast sea of sand, you know, in her whole little mm-hmm. 12-year-old life. So, you know, obviously I agree with you, Evie. It's like masterful Toph who's seen it all, done it all, and is, you know, metal bending and stuff. It's probably like looks back on that moment and is like, oh, no, like if I'd known, if, if I'd had the practice, like I could have let the, yeah. the library slip in and I still would have been able to get them. But in the moment. Could I have done it one handed? Exactly. Hmm. So from that horrible moment, we see this very cool transition from Appa's big, beautiful brown eye into the sun as we now stay with those sandbenders to find out what happened to Appa next. And which it turns out is going to be the sandbenders raiding Appa's saddle for whatever goodies they can snatch. Ugh, Appa even tries to stop them. He actually does some damage to a sand sailor just by sneezing. Uh, and we also learn that this is the group of baddies that also stole a sand sailor from another tribe. And then just to make things more insulting, they don't even want or care about all of the precious belongings of Team Avatar, right? They don't even care. They're just like, this is all junk. Uh, they've got Sokka's club. It's like, whatever, ho-hum. 
And <laughs> then the thieves meet up with the so-called beetle-headed merchants um, who have those great kind of scarab headpieces and are being pulled along by one uh, who ask about Appa's temper. Like, oh, how's his uh, temper? Oh, it's pretty good. We hear this roar from Appa. And the merchants are excited to sell Appa in Ba Sing Se. Um, they pull Appa away. We see Aang on his glider, desperately searching. You know, he's blowing the whistle. And Appa hears the whistle. And he's he's like, I know what this is. I can go to this. I've got to get there. He tries everything in his power to get to Aang. He's even airbending just with his tail because he's so tied down and then the merchants use and we do know what a sheer shoe is we do know what their tongue can do and what their poison their venom can do and they use some sheer shoe blow darts we see how that goes we need the sheer shoe spit darts got him okay big fella you're gonna take a nice little snoozle And ordinarily, I would say I might enjoy the use of snoozle, uh, that he's going to take a little snoozle. It's a great term. In this context, (laughs) nothing's going to make me smile, Avatar. Even the use of snoozle. (laughs) Then we go back with Aang, who's just absolutely heartbroken. And then we see that heartbreak, you know, ignite this fury in him as well. And then we go back and we kind of see the merchants really through Appa's eyes as he's been stunned by these darts. So they're very distorted. And then the last thing we hear before he passes out is we could sell him for parts again cannot emphasize enough how upsetting the episode is cannot emphasize it enough evie gotta take over i can't handle this i uh, sell him for parts no i'm (laughs) dying oh poor little app and he doesn't really understand well when he finally comes to we're in a kind of enclosure we have no idea where we are and there's this man talking to Appa about how poorly behaved he is. And he says, I'm going to break you, which is the moment we were talking about earlier on, which is yeah. what actually happens. Like, that's what, a very real part of training wild animals. Yeah. Anyway, zoom out. We're, he's in a cage surrounded by other animals in cages. It is a circus, which is, uh, you know, a terrible place for an animal to be. We, we shouldn't be using animals in circuses at all. Especially sky bisons, or what does what does he call them in this episode? Wind buffalo. Wind buffalo. Which yep. I kind of I did enjoy that term. <laughs> Wind buffalo. It's a different perspective. Yeah. Anyway, we see the non-cabbage merchant feeding cabbages to a platypus bear. And Appa's in shackles. He can't get his cabbages. The trainer, and we use that term very generously, shows Appa what he can expect of his new life. So this lion vulture comes out and demonstrates the tricks. The lion vulture is let out of his cage and he does this routine where he's flying through the fire hoops. And that's obviously an animal who has been through a lot, has been through the training, has been broken down and knows this is the only way you get fed. Um, just what we need another sadistic firebender mm-hmm. but at least Alpa. that's just another Alpa one not all of them you guys it's not a good look a not a good look yeah but someone nice is gonna come yeah that's right that's true just around the corner but Alpa, if he figures out this very cool trick where he sucks the cabbages into his mouth with his air bending i don't think it's such a cute Oh, I don't know why. It reminded me of my cat because she's always finding funny ways into He's crafty, food. that Appa. He's mm-hmm. crafty. Yeah, he is. He just wants snacks and cuddles. It's a simple <laughs> life he wants, really, yes. with the Avatar. Anyway, Appa interrupts the trainer's horrible lecture with a burp, which kind of gave up the game. 
And the trainer then turns to him and says, you're about to be sorry. And this is a very, very different human being from what he is used to. I don't think Appa's ever experienced such cruelty and such, I don't know, harsh treatment from humans. He's always been treated with respect for who he is and not trying to curtail his wild behavior. So, yeah, this is a horrible wake-up call for him. It's obvious that whoever your previous owner was, he had no idea how to handle you properly. And then, that night, people flock to the circus tent. A cute Fire Nation kid seems to have a bond with Appa and sneaks him some hay. So nice, nice, good kid. And it's so good to see someone, anyone, treat Appa with kindness for a moment. But it's short-lived because the evil train is back and talking to his boss, Shizumu. It's a great name, by the way. (laughs) And yes, this is the same circus that Ty Lee left to join Azula, which is crazy, right? I was like, oh, all the carnies know yeah. each other i had to look that up just to be sure but yeah it turns out mm-hmm. like it's definitely it's the world. same circus yeah and in fact i think it's possible that oppa was going to replace ty lee who was like the headliner of the circus and they had yeah, to like, okay show. our best yeah like our best mm-hmm. player is gone let's exploit this poor air bison and make him the center of attention not for long foreshadow report <laughs> i know Fire Nation people like the good circus sometimes. I guess. (laughs) Is it too risky for Appa to perform since he's unpredictable? Who cares? It's the circus. The place of fear and danger. He will perform. The wind buffalo, that is. Yeah, Mm -hmm. the wind buffalo. Our Fire Nation boy has one more nice moment with Appa. He even calls him buddy, just like Aang does. Uh, You know, I mean... It's sad. You're just feeling those feelings at that point. But it's actually kind of nice to see you. You get to feel like animals have feelings also, yeah. you know, which they do. Yeah. But I often look at animals and I go, why do we think we're above them? That's just my own. I know, right? It's the question. Right. Like, what are we doing? And what are we doing in this moment? It's just very sad. Anyway, apparently it's time for Opera to do whatever they've got planned for him during the show. Opera's revealed the wind buffalo wearing a crazy costume and makeup. The crowd laughs. It's awful. The boy tries to defend Appa, but Appa's forced to fly through the flaming rings, and he gets a little singe going through one. He's over it. He knocks the ring to the ground, hitting the trainer. The nice boy laughs with the crowd, and Appa imagines Aang laughing. So it's like, now we're like, let's go, Appa, go, get away. And Appa tries. He's dodging fire left and right. But he does escape, and the boy is happy, and Appa heads into the clouds. And at this point, so happy for him. I know. We really see the little boy. And Evie, I'm curious about your thoughts about this, too, because here we have this little kind boy who really does have some of that Aang energy and I think maybe gives Appa the he gives him that motivation and that courage to break away from all of this and not feel so defeated. But we in turn see that that little boy is being treated very poorly by his father. So it's Mm. like sad upon sad on that one because you're like, no, don't you treat that little boy like that. So now everyone's treating Mm. everyone poorly except for the little boy and Appa. Yeah, but that's probably where his empathy comes from because he's been bullied and, and oppressed by a more powerful figure. So he, he understands what it's like to be s- small and defenseless. I think that's, he recognizes himself in Appa. Yeah, that's a great perspective. Mm. Okay, so Appa does get away. 
I feel like I need a break. This is rough, buddies. Uh, I wish uh-huh. I could say it gets better, but we got to go through some more stuff first. Oppa returns. Of course, the, his first thought is, I got to get back to where was the last place I saw everybody? Well, it was the library. And so he is able to navigate back to where the library was. And there's Aww. nothing. We see this just shallow sort of dent in the sand. And it's crushing. And then, ugh. And Appa does this thing, and this is a bit of a share me the details moment that is seriously like so crushing to me is he digs a little still in his shackles as if his little paws can get down into the sand. It just makes me so sad. Um, you know, he's just trying so hard to get to that library. He knows it's useless. You know, so he he can't. No, it just makes me, I don't know. For some reason, the pawing is like, oh, do not paw at the sand, Appa. Like, maybe I can just dig him loose. You know, oh, it's so sad. Anyway, so all those stories you hear, isn't it, of little pets um, or dogs, little dogs, their families leaving and they find their way back to their home somehow. Yeah amazing those senses that animals have i know and that just like not wanting to give up and leave the person behind or so he he flies on and you know you got to believe our sweet little appa is hungry at this point so he's looking around for food you know can he eat that egg he sees no sorry not before helicorn gets to it which is like a gila monster and unicorn i guess in the past they used to have horns you really have to do a deep dive into the fauna the world of the fauna of the avatar uh, avatar verse to know this but uh, it is called the Wait, helicorn. what's a gila monster oh what is it oh thank you for asking yeah. i'm from arizona i can tell oh, you no, i've seen them live and in person oh. they are just giant lizards and they really can get to be like oh, wow. this big and they do have they are poisonous but they don't tend to like like attack people but they're pretty amazing like you look at them and you're like oh this is a dinosaur this is oh, it wow. feels like it's a dinosaur because it's just so it's not like an alligator but it's a huge lizard um that lives it's on like land. a little dragon um yeah like a little dragon I didn't know that was based on something yeah and so can't get to that egg because of the helicorn does get to the prickly pear which is a pretty bad idea which reminded me of my husky who definitely my guy's having a bad day <laughs> He's having a bad day. My husky got loose in the desert and uh, got loose when we weren't there and fell into some prickly pear and like came back and had they get it on their paws and then they try to get they try to help their paw and then they get and it goes into their mouth. So our husky no. had like little spines of cactus oh. in her gums and stuff oh. that we had to pick out. No. So that's what that reminds me of. Oh. Uh, I'm like, no, but don't eat that prickly pear. I know exactly what's going to happen to you. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So that's not a great idea. And then he smells the smell on the air. And if we remember back to the desert, we know that the place that he ends up is the buzzard wasps hive. And I don't even think it tasted that good. Memory serves like Sokka, who will eat anything, eats some of that honey and is like, this is awful. So whatever he's got on him, you know, he's eating it because he needs sustenance. But I doubt it's even that good. Uh, and by that time, he's so exhausted uh, and and he, you know, night falls and he is actually able to find himself a barn that has hay and water. Thank goodness. Um, he drifts off and then he has this dream of being a tiny baby air bison with his siblings. So where is he? <laughs> it's this memory, right, of when he and Aang, it's his dream, but it's also his memory of when he and Aang were first bonded together at the Eastern Air Temple. Choose well. A sky bison is a companion for life. And we see little Aang give little Appa an apple. It's love at first bite. They roll around together. And this is such a happy memory. But by this point, like, it makes me cry more because it's such a happy memory. So even the good stuff makes me cry. But 
So this seems to be Appa's dream. But then we see that Aang, this lines up to when Aang is sleeping with Team Avatar during the Serpent's Pass. He's having the same dream. So they're so connected that they're both having the same dream, which is amazing and magical and does make me feel a little bit better. A little bit better, but (laughs) just a little. Evie, how long does this reverie last when they're dreaming when they get to have the dream? Not very long, such is the theme of this episode that there is no corner of comfort for Appa in the world, which uh, it gave me some deep thoughts. It's like, geez, it's hard out there being a wild animal. Like they're constantly, they're just taking naps, aren't they, from yeah. danger or they're just trying to survive. And and can I just say, it made me feel better about like humanity's relationship with animals, how it can be. Because, you know, sometimes people say, oh, we shouldn't have domesticated all these animals. Like, we really, we need to be kept separate as, you know, it's quite, it's a big debate in the animal rights community whether or not we should be living with animals or just leaving them well alone. But I think this just shows how it can be very harsh for animals to survive and to look after themselves. And actually, Appa, as a wild animal, is much better served with somebody kind like Aang who can protect him I just think yeah I don't know that's a, a moment of reflection for me of how sure. we can use you know our intelligence we can be custodians rather than oppressors yeah anyway love that. on with the episode yes Appa does not have a moment of peace the farmer whose barn house it is he's discovered Appa and he totally freaks out and, you know, Appa is looking a bit worse for wear. This is the point of the episode where I'm like, I cannot wait for Appa to have a bath I and know. get, you know, treated well. I always have that in movies, you know, when people get really dirty and it's just like, you just really want that moment where they're in the river and they're just washing it all away. Yeah. Almost yes. more than I want him to be reunited with Aang. I want him to have a bath. Uh-huh. Anyway. Um, <laughs> anyway this man comes at him with fire and appa has very bad associations with fire from his time in the circus but it reminded me of that moment in you know in the jungle book with all the animals yes and they're like man has the yes. red flower or something yes, it's like the red flower to exactly. animals to animals isn't it it's such a strange it's like this powerful element that they do not understand and they cannot make themselves and destroys things for them no so for sure he bursts out of the barn away from the fire he moves on and we have this moment where alpa flies over the boat that iroh and our friend zuko are on iroh sees it but he very covertly gasps and he wakes zuko up and then he uh he decides to let him pass on and so we see yeah. that iroh's hiding something and um yeah, he's keeping some vital information uh-huh. from Zuko. <laughs> you kind of get the sense that he just wants him to have a good sleep, which wouldn't do him any harm. Anyway, uh, Appa then crash lands into a forest only to be attacked by a porcupine who <laughs> faces off with him. And it's a bit like, what? I'm at this stage, I'm just at my wit's end with almost a bit annoyed with the writers here of like, can we just give <laughs> Appa a break? <laughs> But anyway, Alpa prevails, and that little whatever it was, Borkipine, he deserved it because Alpa wasn't doing him any harm. So I don't feel bad for that, that Borkipine. Well, <laughs> if I may play Borkipine's advocate for a minute, I do feel like it's the whole sort of, just to kind of go back to what you were saying about shelter being scarce and food being scarce, resources mm, being scarce. Yeah. You know, I think Alpa was maybe showing some interest in going into that cave. And that's where the porcupine feels safe and secure. And so 
maybe before he could go into it, the porcupine was like, no, I have to defend my my space. This is the only place I'm safe from hunters or whatever. I don't know. That's true. Did I convince I was you? I just trying to survive. Um, kind but of. But also but, I think like know. anything that's like a wild boar is very temperamental and kind of crappy. So <laughs> I'm going to back off everything I just said. It might have just been grumpy. It's also the thing I get with, you know, I've got a cat, we've got a dog. And if we have someone else's cat over, I'm just like, cuddle! Why don't you guys just sit down and cuddle? And they don't understand that. It is always yes. like this encounter. <laughs> These animals, totally. they just get <laughs> defensive because they, they're bred to feel like to kind of I, you know, this whole survival of the fittest. Survival exactly. Mode. Absolutely. But unfortunately for the porcupine, we are team alpha here and we will yeah. be all the way. 100%. And now he looks even worse <laughs> than he did before. <laughs> oh. He is toe up. Yeah, it's that great. So the next morning gives us a true sight for sore eyes. It's the Kiyoshi Warriors. It's so, I felt very good seeing Yay. them in that moment for Appa. Yes. And just, it was good to see them. They're gathering yeah. berries, as I guess the Kyoshi Warriors do sometimes during the day, and they discover yeah. some of Appa's fur. And Suki recognizes it. She follows the trail, and she finds Appa, and I'm like, finally, Appa's horrible stuff is done. And he cowers from her. Suki leaves him with, with fruit and promises to return with help. And when she returns with the other Kyoshi Warriors, she warns them. No sudden movements. He's been lost for a while, and he looks like he's hurt. He's shy around people and scared. Stay low and stay quiet. Suki's dedicating them to getting Appa returned to Aang. In fact, she says something that's just the most powerful thing, which is, this could be our most important mission yet. And then let's mm. just take a moment to soak that in. How much do we love Suki? She's she just becomes more lovable. She's like the perfect girl. She's like, yeah. she's beautiful and can fight and has a crew. And she's just, she's awesome. She's she very gently approaches Appa and he lets her touch his nose. And then we just clasp for relief that he's with a friend. Janet, mm -hmm. you cannot cry during this entire episode. Too late. But nope, it's very, too late. it's so nice. Yeah. And then the warriors get Appa cleaned up, Evie, just like you wanted finally. Yay. Yeah. Appa gets a little <laughs> tender love and care, a little spa day. I feel like he looks maybe better than he ever has. <laughs> like he looks, they He's really been did a great fresh job. Fresh from the salon. Yes. He looks so extra fluffy and soft. He looks fantastic. And if anyone, he deserves a spa day. Come on. What a journey. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. We can all just breathe in a good breath of relief here. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. he rewards Suki with a big kiss. And I'm sorry, uh, did you think that we were in the clear? Because I did for a second, but no. Yeah. <laughs> Two seconds of good feelings before, boom, here comes some blue flame. I was like, oh no, is that blue flame? Yes, that's mm -hmm. blue flame. And who is it? It's Azula mm -hmm. and the Mean Girls. Here come the whole <laughs> Mean Girl crew, Azula, Tylee, and May. They show up on their mongoose lizards. There's a ton of animals in this episode, too. There's a ton of, like, yes. hybrid animals in this mm -hmm. episode. Good boy. And Azula it could not be more awful and smug. I mean, yeah. she, not even yeah. in this moment where we're trying to, like, be cool with Appa. She's like, here comes Azula, and she doesn't care at all. Zero. Yeah. Nothing. Just mild enjoyment that she's ruining someone else's day. But, you know, we have the Kiyoshi Warriors with us, at least. Appa's not alone. We've got the Warriors. They face off with Azula's trio. Ty Lee's a little slow on the uptake with Azula's fangirls joke, which is a funny moment. Uh, I'm willing to give it a laugh. It's a good one. My heart is broken. Yeah. 
you know, they're disappointed that they haven't actually found the Avatar, but Azula is never one to walk away when you can fight instead. So it is on. Uh, May complains that the Kyoshi Warriors are so colorful, it's making me nauseous. Classic <laughs> May. And uh, and then Ty Lee has to make some comment about how pretty everyone is arisen. Ty Lee, let it go. You know what? Maybe don't worry about that right now and or ever. That's not what matters. And then uh, Azula figures out very quickly that Appa hates fire. It's possible she even already knew that. And, of course, has to take advantage of that because she's a bully. Um, and then Suki sends Appa away while she defends him against Azula. So he's he's trying to fight with her. He wants to protect her. His instinct is to protect her. Her instinct is to protect him. And she's like, listen, you've got to get to Aang. That's more important. I got this. Don't worry. Get out of here. And even to the point where Suki has to wave fire at him also, uh, understanding that, like, that'll keep him away at least. And she's mm-hmm. like, it, your, your job is to find Aang. You've got to find Aang. We're going to be okay. And you see his reluctance as he goes. And then the fight with Azula continues. And I was just going to shout out, too, in the barn scene, Evie, that you were talking about. Listen, I'm not a, a Frankenstein scholar, but I do feel like this idea of the Frankenstein's monster, who is also this misunderstood creature and is a product of us messing with nature, right? It's a product of us meddling with nature and making this thing, this mm. poor creature who has feelings and has the soul, but uh, is not understood as a human being. He also, I think, like hides in a barn in that story and also is afraid mm. of fire and has been, you know, kind of tortured by fire. So I, I keep meaning to ask the guys if they had that in their minds, too, because it's another great metaphor for like, you know, how we disrupt the order of things and, you know, and mm. put vulnerable creatures in danger. Um, yeah. And how we make them vicious because yes, they, they, they are point. so sensitive. Yeah. People always say that like with, you know, certain animals, tigers, sharks, they're notoriously vicious and bloodthirsty but they're not it's just because they're put in these situations where it's life or death for them and they have to yeah. you know these this is the language they understand i suppose the elements fire hurts and they'll have to fight back with as much ferocity yeah. um and as we know poor little appa is just a big cuddly teddy bear he doesn't want to fight and and be yeah. aggressive and be defensive but that's what the world is doing to him it's yeah ooh, it's brutal absolutely yeah. But we do not see how the fight ends. Definitely a bit of concern there for the Kyoshi warriors because we know how ruthless Azula is. Yeah, I feel like I'm worried for them. Anyway, we stay with Appa on his journey through a canyon, over a river, in the pouring rain, over the water. We're just praying so he'll meet somebody kind. Um, He's even seen by Chief Hakoda in the Water Tribe boats. Um, This is actually the first time we've seen present-day Hakoda before we've only seen him in flashbacks. That's so cool. I love that. I love that that parallels with the Iroh moment, too, where you have these two leaders, you know, these two kind of older, wise souls mm. who are the ones who look read up the skies. And, and notice the journey. Yeah. Read the skies. Exactly. exactly. Love that. Yeah, it's two very quiet moments. They're the only ones who witness it. But, yeah, they're reading the signs. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, Abba then makes it to the Eastern Air Temple, which... Oh, really, he couldn't be anywhere better, could he? His air temple. But of course, it's empty except for the memories. Or is it really empty? No, it's not. There's someone there. Appa comes upon someone, knocks him down. He's very enthusiastic. Who is it? It's Guru Patik. 
the most sweet, gentle, lovely person. And I just love that he's just sitting on a rock by himself meditating. That's, yes. I love that. I, I've, I've heard people say that, you know, meditation can be one of the most powerful forces for the world. I, I know some people who do like prayer circles where it's all about sending loving kindness into the world and how that can actually be, have, have as much of an effect as doing, I don't know, like activism, active activism. Yeah. It's just so beautiful. Anyway, this is somebody who lives that life. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, but Abba doesn't know him. He doesn't trust him right away. And there's this standoff where Guru Patik, he has to lie on the ground since all motion makes Appa scared, makes him growl. And finally, Appa falls asleep. And by the way, I think this scene has one of my favorite lines from the whole series. I know I'm not the person you expected. And I didn't expect to be licked by a giant tongue just now. The world is full of surprises. <laughs> it was just such a funny, random line. I just love his outlook on That's life. That's a great line. Oh, it was great. Oh. They laid there for a long time. I know. He's so patient. Yeah. They're just going to lay here. Yeah. yeah. Kurupati is just like... I think he's probably somebody who doesn't have a sense of time. Love that. Like, right. I think he probably just reads energy and not, he doesn't have a watch. He doesn't know what day it is. He's just living in the present moment. That's true. And he's reading the it. present moment. But it's also like a lesson in like things don't happen instantly. Mm. You got to take the time it takes for certain things to kind of like go. Patience. That's definitely the case with abused animals, actually. I went to a bear sanctuary in Romania and there were these bears and they had been trapped in cages for like 20 years. And mm. I saw them in these huge enclosures where they have all this space. And yet they only pace within the same like five feet that they were in for 20 years because oh. they don't understand the concept that they can move outside of this square and they have the whole forest. And it's like that. You kind of want them to just be healed, but you just have to appreciate what, what they actually did was they made the enclosure a bit small to give them almost a sense of security as they adjusted to it. And yeah, it's exactly like you say, Dante, that some of these things, they just take time and it's not all happy, happy all the time. You just have to be patient with nature. Anyway, a little side note there. Sorry, I just I just love how relevant this, this no, uh, no, episode no, is never to apologize. these stories. No, it's great. Anyway, um, so yes, Guru Patik leaves him Apple to fall asleep. Um, he talks to him. Oh dear. You've been through so much recently. Hurt and betrayed. So twisted up inside. You're still full of love. Uh, but fear has moved in where trust should be. I've been expecting you in the young avatar for quite a long time. I had a vision many years ago of helping him. That's why I came to the Eastern Air Temple. He has this amazing connection with Sleeping Appa. He sort of does, I guess what it is, is kind of Reiki or some sort of energy work mm -hmm. where he talks about what he's been through. He sees that he's been betrayed, he's been heartbroken, but that he's still full of love. Yeah, so he does this Reiki, this energy healing on him and realizes that he needs to kind of clear his chakras or his energy points. And that's very beautiful. I think we all would like to go visit Guru Patik on a hill. <laughs> we could all do with that. Yes. Anyway, Ava then wakes up feeling so refreshed, feeling like things have unblocked. Um, and then there's a little pile of fruit for him. And now Appa, the newly calm and rested Appa, seeks out Guru Patik. 
And it looks like this is a person who has a great rapport with all animals. He's got all the little animals around him. Yes, exactly. And Appa has cute little bed head. And (laughs) he is ready to listen to this wise old man, I believe. And then that night, Appa lies down next to Guru Pathik, who has a message for Aang, which he attaches to Appa's horn. We find out through Appa and Aang's bond, Guru Pathik could sense where Aang is, and he has a he has a beautiful line. You and the Avatar's energies are mixed. You have an unbreakable bond. By reading your energy, I can sense where Aang is. <sighs> Funny what invisible strings connect us all. I definitely mm. pondered on as I was rewatching the episode. Yeah. And it's reminiscent, of course, of the Swamp Bender's words of wisdom as well. And we see Guru Pathik apparently read or communicate with Aang in, in the same way as we, we saw Aang do with the banging tree roots. And then we see all that energy go and how it kind of yeah. magically connects everything. And then Appa's off to Bossing Say. And how will he ever find Aang? This place is so huge. But wait. Yeah. There's a bison whistle. And of course, we see someone pick it up. But it's not Aang. In fact, it's Long Fang. Horrible. It's like just when you thought he was good. And then we see that whole magical earth bending that Long Fang does where he traps. He like. Appa and then leaves Appa right there and Appa's footprint is left. And that's the one that's found by Momo and tells the bossing say when they first got there. And then he's earth bended below ground, below the city. And it's mm. like, Appa! Mm. And that's oh. the end of the episode. They just leave you. It's such a roller coaster ride this episode. Yeah, they leave you in the same way they left Momo at the end of Tales of Bossing Say, right? We're back at that same moment where it feels like you're getting so close, so close, so close, so close. And then the rug gets pulled out from under you, or in this case, I guess the ground gets pulled out from under him, literally, and he's transported down underneath the city. It's such a tough episode. It's such a great episode. Um, I thought it'd be fun if we gave this episode uh, a, a scale, a tear-bending scale. Uh, I feel I was tear-bended. Uh, if it was like a scale of one to five tear-bendings, I would say I receive a five. I got a five tear-bendings. Um, how did that rank for everybody else? Dante, are you shedding a tear? Are you ever getting to the point where water is actually coming out of your eyes over Appa? I don't think I'm crying, but I'm definitely moved. I'm definitely <laughs> feeling super bad for Appa. 100%. Great. You cry. Yeah. I'm not a crier during watching usually. Uh, there's not. nothing Sometimes. wrong with the not crying. Don't get me wrong for a second. Evie, any tears for you between one to five tear bending scale? How? Where did it hit you? Yes, definitely. I cried in this episode. I was tear bended. I tear bended. Is that how you say that? How you I have that? no idea. This is all completely <laughs> brand new. Yeah, one to five tear bendings level. I was, so there was a point in the episode where I was just like, I couldn't speak. It was like, this is just too much. I think it was when he had all the spiky bits in his paw and he was yeah. kind of out in the wild. And it was just like, nobody in the world seems to care about this poor, beautiful, fluffy little boy who's lost. Um, yeah. That was sad. I would say it's a four, though, for me, because mm-hmm. I really mm-hmm. loved all the stuff with Guru Patik. I felt like that gave me a lot of hope, the um, yes. connection he had to Aang. Uh, and I like to think that, you know, I like to imagine that I have that with my animals, that we are connected with the invisible strings. Um, 
Yeah. So it was like, you know what? He's going to go through some hard things, but there's hope because he has that connection and he will find. Ang. Um, so yeah, give a strong four tier benders. Four tier uh, benders. Five. Love it. Um, and then what's very cool about this episode is that it received a Genesis Award from the Humane Society of the United States in the category Outstanding Children's Programming. Um, the Genesis Award and press release described it as a mythical tale about animals held captive for human entertainment that resonates with the way animals are used in circuses today. So the, mm. the Humane Society agreed with you that it was putting a really important message out there. And they even gave it an award, which I thought was cool. I never yeah. even knew that well, award I did not know that. Until um, this episode. Mm. I didn't know we got that award. Airbender, yeah. Right? Oh, that's amazing. great. But it does deserve all the awards because it's very brave storytelling to, you know, address the truth of how sad it is for these animals. And it, like, you know, it teaches children, young people to consider their, our relationship with animals and maybe not to just see them as wild beasts who are to be feared, but as, yeah. you know, sentient creatures who, who are just trying to seek a little bit of comfort and food in this world. So, yeah, Absolutely. I just adore this episode. I adore what they did. I think it was very brave. And I think they just executed it so beautifully. It couldn't have been stronger, in my opinion. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Hey, friends. Zuko here. When I've had a long day of defending my honor and I'm craving comfort food, I turn to Fire Nation brand Sizzle Crisps. Spicy, hot, and crispity crunchy. Fire Nation brand Sizzle Crisp come in three great flavors. Tasty bacon, poppin' pepper, and smokin' vegan. Grab your bag today. Let's talk about Animal Crossing. Dante, you said it best uh, a little earlier in our conversation. There are a lot of animals Tons. in this episode. We see the lion vulture. We see the helicorn. We see the jackalope that uh, Appa scares away when he's trying to eat that prickly pear. We see those buzzard wasps. We see the porcupine. Uh, we've got Azula's mongoose lizards. We even get a little glimpse of those pygmy pumas that are such a big part of Momo's tale and the tales of Ba Sing Se. Yeah. And I couldn't even tell what the other animals, like you said, Evie, when he mm -hmm. wakes up and he's in the cage that he's surrounded by other animals in cages and other than the lion i don't think i could even platypus see bear was there. a platypus bear was in there social media friends if you saw a, an animal and you could identify it that we didn't catch in one of those cages let us know because i couldn't mm -hmm. tell if we like have accounted for everyone and since they're all in cages i feel like i want to give them some love because they're Aww. in they're enclosed in these horrible cages so if you notice some that we didn't shout out let us know on social oh, media can I... oh yeah yeah go ahead go ahead did we see a moment where there were just normal cats? Did anyone else see that? Cats on the roof? When Abba was flying over, Bossing Say, there was like these silhouettes. And I was like, whoa, that took me out of it. <laughs> when you see an animal that's just a cat. I think those are the pygmy pumas. Oh, I think okay. those are the pygmy pumas. Because oh. remember the cats that like get in rough with Momo? Oh, yeah, we for... saw them running around. And yeah. those were the pygmy pumas. Oh, okay, okay. Yes. Nobody those is just a cat in this show. Gotcha. <laughs> as magical and mythical as cats are, in my opinion. Yeah, you know what? The herbalist has just a cat. Woo. Um, oh, Yuki. Oh, Dr. Woo. Yeah. You're totally right, Evie. There absolutely are, uh, there are cats. regular cats. Always. I think in those cases, I think it's the pygmy pumas because we're kind of seeing how they connect with Momo and his adventure in Basi. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, yes. I think. Okay. So let's discuss who had the most valuable bending moment in the episode. What do you guys think? Huh. <sighs> It's tough. Mm. Funnily enough, I can think of a bunch of valuable non-bending moments, which I know we'll get to, but not as many. Well, oh, do you know what? It's the um, 
sneaky uh, snack pilfering that Appa does. It's the sucking of cabbages. He needed that sustenance and he was not going to get it through that trainer. So I agree. That was a great moment. Uh, it leads to a great burp. I'm happy to agree that that's the, the best cabbages. moment. Any thoughts on that, Dante? No, I like that. Um, and I like to think that the cabbage merchant got some money finally. You know, you get all the cabbage didn't get destroyed. It's like some cabbages got to where they needed to get He's to. He's actually able to sell some to the circus. Oh, but These I guys- don't know. Selling mm-hmm. to the circus who's feeling the animals that are enclosed. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're yeah. right. We want the captain yeah. to get cut a break. But um, so, so let's talk about the most valuable non-bending moment in the episode. I mean, a lot of good stuff comes out of Suki and the Kiyoshi Warriors. I'm wondering if you two have thoughts on other great non-bending moments or if I you mean, that's, that's uh, such a good fight. About those. I've been waiting for those two crews to fight. Just epic. Kiyoshi Warriors against the, 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 the Mean Girls have a bad a, a team like Team Avatars like they're like Team Mean Girls I don't know what they have a team <laughs> school of. but also I just thought of this uh, Evie like where are we putting gu- the guru like is he bending with uh, his sort of healing of Appa oh, that's and true. communicating with Appa or no. is that I think in the past we've talked about that as almost being a whole spirit world kind of spiritual yeah. energy exchange that doesn't really fall into either category because it sort of lives in this beautiful place on its that's own. That's true. Do you think that we sort of leave that to Guru Pateek and not put that in non-bending or bending? Um, I feel like that's non-bending. I feel Because you know that you hear of these legendary spiritual teachers who overcome all these senses like as you say they tap into the spirit world that they overcome like earthly needs and pleasures and and he has gone into another dimension because he's gone so deep in his meditation he's so removed from society i suppose that he can feel sort of the finer elements almost like the way animals can you know they can smell things on the air that we can't smell they can sense earthquakes before we can he you know Gurd Patik can sense the spirit world in a much more profound way than most people can yeah I would say that that beautiful um healing he does on Appa that's my most valuable moment because that's like the stuff you know we can't see it we're all too busy and too up in our heads to tune into these things but so much of our healing that needs to be done is non-visible is Mm. stuff that is just deeper and i just love that he unblocked all these feelings that appa built up actually you know the spiritual teacher Eckhart Tolle he talks about that how animals have this way like we won't shake off energy like he talks about how if a duck gets into a fight afterwards they shake their feathers about they have this moment where they get rid of all the negative energy and um often you know we're sort of not told how to do that to do that and appa's just been through so many a series of very abusive experiences and he hasn't had a moment to really cleanse and shake it off so i love that guru patik does that for him yeah I love that, too. I think, like we were saying, that almost exists on its own plane, just in terms of like also wanting to give Suki and company that shout out for just, you know, on a very earthly level, also kind of doing that for his body, like you said, like healing him, bathing him. Like that's also the sort of form of letting go of the trauma that he's gone through. So it's a lovely pairing with, mm-hmm. you know, the sort of physical and the spiritual. Dante, yeah. thoughts on uh, on Most Valuable Non-Bending? I mean, that Fire Nation kid's a nice kid. Give him some hay. 
Kindness. <laughs> yes, kindness can go a long way. Kindness. K- look, him being kind and kindness and from the Fire them. Nation. Dante, mm-hmm. you've grown. You've really grown since. Oh, my oh, goodness, <laughs> Well, in fairness, you, you did start. Didn't you first okay. say that? The fight, the Kyoshi Warriors. So, but anyway, kindness. I love that one. That's beautiful. I think kindness is a good non-bending. But I do wonder about this hay when we feed it to animals. Like, how much nutrients is in that hay? They 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 get a lot of that hay, and it oh, doesn't no, look it's like it's very good for their digestive systems because it's fiber. I'm it's sure. helping it all move through. <laughs> it is. I feel sad. Yes, I mean, I, yes. I'm glad they like it and they're chewing it, and it seems like they're enjoying it. But I'm like, ah, come on, you guys, you gotta have something better than. Dry grass. <laughs> he likes to eat fruit. Yeah, the fruit looks good. Like, yeah, have a little fruit, fruit have mm-hmm. a little something. Mm-hmm. Sugar cubes, But think of the horse. size of him, how big his intestines must be. Like, seriously, you need some fiber I'm to sure. move all that food along. So, True. Yeah, you're right, Evie. You're right. I'm just saying. <laughs> all right. That is going to do it for this episode. I love our uh, meandering discussion about hay rounding off this very emotional Abba episode. Evie, thank you so much. Ivana Lynch, thank you so much for being with us for this episode. Thank you for having me. Honestly, thank you for talking about animals. So and to see you. Uh, seriously, I just love what you do. I love your passion for the show. I love the nerdiness. I love how we go into everything in depth. And it's just such a pleasure to be part of this. And yeah, thanks for having me. I don't know what else to say, but. <laughs> I Thank just love I love this show. <laughs> oh, I mean that means the world. Let us pay you back in kind. Uh, is there anything people need to know? Should they be getting your book if they haven't gotten to it yet? Um, anything else you want to let people know <gasps> Not about? Really? No, just be good to animals. You know, if you're interested in this in the themes of this episode, maybe research. If anyone's feeling a bit upset or disoriented to hear about what happens to wild animals, you know, don't feel guilty about it. We we've all been through this. Anyone who knows animals i've certainly made mistakes in my relationship with animals so uh don't feel guilty but you know take this episode as a turning point to educate yourself on these issues help pass on the message and help the real world appa so that's all that's my homework for you guys (laughs) love that and that's it thank you that was so fun and great thank you Uh, thank you both all right everybody thank you so much for listening to avatar braving the elements and hey make sure to subscribe follow leave us a review all of that really helps the podcast so much and we love you guys next week we're diving into the funniest moments in avatar the last airbender with none other than marvelous comedian ron funches you can follow me on social media at the jv club on instagram and at janet barney on twitter and i'm at dante bosco on both of those we'll see you next tuesday on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts